الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعض فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم There's a general principle that uh, applies to a life and many aspects of life and that is that when you want to achieve depth in something you cannot achieve that depth through uh, an intensive you can only achieve that depth through consistency that's uh, a very vague way of saying it so let, let me just give you a few examples if you want to become physically strong and you want to build stamina one thing that you might do is you might go and do a one month intensive exercise program all right so you join a club or you have a trainer or you have a place where you go and you commit yourself to like a one month weight loss or one month um exercise program intensive program and inside out you're just completely dedicated to it and you're going to gain a tremendous amount from that program there's no doubt i don't think anybody in this room would doubt that it's pretty obvious now what we have to appreciate however is that you can't just join such a program and expect that the effects of that program will go beyond that program unless you maintain some level of consistency so we could join a one month uh, rapid weight loss program or one month rapid exercise program one month rapid um you know mass building program and we could involve ourselves in that however unless we have some routine of exercise outside of that month we'll lose the effects of that month and will probably become just a distant memory that's i think anybody in this room would, would appreciate that um, you know you exercise for a month straight and then all of a sudden you don't do anything for 6 months then of course you're not even going to remember that you exercised for a month straight in fact it might even be worse in some ways similarly when you want to gain when we want to gain knowledge if we're trying to gain knowledge and we pick up a book and we study a subject intensively for a period of time that's not the way that a true student builds knowledge there's a, a a large amount that can be gained you can study quantum mechanics intensive for a month and you could really begin to master those principles but unless an individual consistently reads every day and regularly has a routine of study it is highly unlikely that they'll be able to reach the pinnacles of knowledge Uh, you know just as a simple, sim- simple example from two angles in in the madaris when pe- when the ulama are completing their studies after eight intense years of study 
very, very intense years of study. Eight intense years of study. They, on the graduation day, one of the most common messages delivered to the students is, you have yet to become scholars. You have the tools to become scholars. You've spent eight years studying and learning and memorizing and reading and blood, sweat, and tears, but you have yet to become scholars. What will allow you to attain scholarship will be consistent study. And it's only through consistent study that a person eventually takes the tools that they gained in that eight-year program and eventually allows their knowledge to blossom into that flower of, of ilm. That's one example. That's from one perspective. Another, another perspective. We say the same thing to the medical students. I mean, I can speak from that because that's my background. We say the same thing to the medical students. You can't just come to medical school and study for four years. You have to read every single day. And I'm telling my 26-year-old fellows, they're 26 years old, what do I have to tell them? I'm telling them the same thing. You have to read every day. Every, I said, what did you read last night? There's no day you cannot go without reading. You have to read this and then this and then this and then this. And they say, okay, well, when does it stop? It never stops. The 65-year-old people are reading journals every day. New things are happening. New things are coming out. New ways to practice, uh, to, de to deal with your patients. And they're sitting and reading constantly. Yes, they had a period of intense study and very early on in their, uh, in their training. But that period of intense study does not achieve its full goal. It does not come to its full maturation. It does not allow the person to reap its entire benefits until there is regular, consistent effort placed after that. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no way around it. And all of us are bound by the same rules. Anything that we desire to achieve, it will always require consistency. You know, some people in this room, they have experience with teaching Qur'an or learning Qur'an or having memorized Qur'an. Now, a person can take three years of their life, four years of their life, leave everything. You have a 12-year-old, 11-year-old, 10-year-old boy or girl, and they, you take them out of their routine of school and their routine of play and their routine of family vacations, whatever it might be, and we stick them in this intensive oven of memorizing Qur'an, and we allow it to, to bake until eventually the Qur'an becomes firm in their hearts. Now, every person who, who goes through that knows that unless that child consistently reads afterwards, the whole thing will be lost. The whole thing will come unraveled. And this is like the warning that we're constantly giving our children and anybody who's a teacher of Qur'an is always worrying about their students that the only way to be able to achieve the peak of what the effort was made is that an individual has to consistently apply themselves even after that period of intense memorization of Qur'an. Otherwise, it, will be, it, will be, it could become that the person becomes as if they never even memorized the Qur'an. And it's very much possible. It's very much possible. So this is a general principle, and we cannot escape that principle. Okay, now, so what point am I getting at? The point that I'm getting at is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He blessed us with a very, very spiritually intense period of time which has just passed. And unfortunately or fortunately, in many of our minds, it's become just a memory. And that was Ramadan. Ramadan came, and it was very intense. 
It was an opportunity for all of us to reset. It was a one-month spiritual intensive in which people were abstaining from the things that they normally partake of, and people were focused on Allah in a way that maybe it's not uh, possible at another time uh, outside of that one-month intensive. And everyone was consistent in going to the masjid, and people were excited about waking up early and praying and staying up late and relatively less sleep and a lot of ibadah and a lot of effort towards Qur'an, and certainly life-changing in different different ways for different people. But what we have to remember is that that month is a is an intensive. It's like any of the other intensives that I've already discussed. It's a whether that be exercise or knowledge or hifz of Quran, it's still an intensive. And what's required beyond that intensive is that we make every effort possible to now build upon that. Meaning that month it gave us the strength to be able to do something special. And it wasn't there in order to become a memory. It was there to create a awareness and an excitement towards something else and a strength and a passion towards something else. And the, the people that are going to be able to maximize it, Ramadan is so amazing that inherently in and of itself it has this amazing ability that even as an intensive it can just completely reset an individual. But for the people who are striving... For the people who are striving, the people who desire to be at the peak, the people who desire to be, the you know, the, the, at the at the pinnacle of Deen, it has to, it it is something that is built upon. It is not something that ends the day that Eid comes. And this is something that everybody in this room has to appreciate because we are the people that are striving towards our Lord, and we are the people that are striving towards the effects of Ramadan. Many of the effects of Ramadan are actually revealed outside of Ramadan in some ways. Because it's when a person takes that energy and excitement and potential energy of, of Ramadan and builds it up, builds it up, builds it up, builds it up, and saves it up, and then eventually converts it into something kinetic outside of Ramadan. That's when a person maximizes on the effect of Ramadan. So what, what, do, what do we mean by that? The power of Ramadan was in so many things. And what we have to do is we have to look at each of those things and we have to figure out how we can consistently bring them into our lives. All right, first and foremost, and most obvious, the power of Ramadan lies in fasting. Right? A abstinence from food, an abstinence, an abstinence from drink, an abstinence from marital relations, and from a particular period of time. Very obvious, everyone in the room knows a definition of fasting. But remember that in our deen, fasting is not restricted to Ramadan. Fasting is not restricted to Ramadan. Rasulullah used to be consistent in fasting in other days outside of Ramadan. For example, we know that Mondays is a day of fasting. Thursdays is a day of fasting. Every Monday and every Thursday, not one Monday, not one Thursday, not a Monday, not a Thursday, not the Monday of that month or the Monday of this month, every Monday... And every Thursday is it's sunnah to fast. And the people who are consistent in that, what they're really doing is they're capturing everything that was built up in Ramadan and then they are regularly re reciting it, regularly reviewing it, regularly re-experiencing it in a different way. This is something that everybody in this room should have some goal towards. We're people who are striving, and the people who strive, fasting is like their cloak. It's essential to them. Some people fast every other day. 
Some people, they fast every other day, which is, you know, the maximum amount of fasting that a person can do. Other people, they fast every Monday and every Thursday. Some people fast only on Monday. Some people fast only on Thursday. And some people fast, another type of sunnah fast is to fast the three days of the month. 13th, 14th, and 15th of the month, the white nights, when the moon is full. So at the least, that should be uh, the type of fasting that we should pursue. But if we intend to not make Ramadan a memory, but make Ramadan a platform to attain new heights, then we have to be consistent in some sort of routine of fasting. We have to be consistent in some sort of routine of fasting. And it's not that hard. I mean, if a person comes out of Ramadan and then tries to maintain what they did, it shouldn't be that hard because the body's trained to do it. We're physically trained to do it. We're psychologically trained to do it. But it's something that we have to do. We cannot expect that somehow, magically, we are going to be able to maintain the effects of Ramadan without that fasting. It's naive to do so. You know, uh, when children don't appreciate this, we get very mad. You say, what do you mean you studied one night? Don't you know that you have to study every day algebra or you're not going to be able to do well on the algebra test? No, I can do it in one night. Don't worry, Dad. I know I know how to do it. You don't know. I know algebra's changed. When you took algebra, it was something else. Now algebra's changed. We're naive in the same way. We tell our kids to do one thing and we do the opposite when it comes to things that are important. What we're really saying is algebra is important. If you, want to be, if you want to achieve something in algebra, you have to do it every day, right? But then when it comes to Ramadan, we want to do it for one month and then disappear for the other 11. It doesn't work that way. It's naive. It's foolish. It's very childish to think that we'll be able to maximize. Now, yeah, you'll get some benefit. I mean, obviously, it's better to study algebra for a month than it is to just do nothing. There'll be benefit there. Of course, Ramadan is even more special than that. I'm just giving a simple example. But the point still remains that if we want to maximize on the effects of Ramadan, then we need to be consistent in fasting. And we should all make a schedule for ourselves. We should make a schedule for ourselves every Monday, every Thursday. I mean, subhanAllah, you go to, any of you have gone to uh, Umrah outside of Ramadan or, you know, Umrah in, in just a normal, you know, time when it's even away from Ramadan. And you'll see every Monday and every Thursday, everybody's fasting. Every Monday and every Thursday in the masjid. You don't, you, you don't even have to look at the calendar. You'll know because the people begin to throw out the, at Maghrib time, people begin to throw out the mats and you see everybody's eating dates. And then you realize, oh, subhanAllah, the whole masjid is fasting. What am I doing? I was sitting in line, waiting in line for food. So this is, a, this is something that people of piety are very particular about. This is something that people of piety are very particular about because it is a cloak. It is a means of protection. It is a means of advancement. It is a means of attaining a very, very high status in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's, that's, it's, an, it's a very unique opportunity because it's a very silent ibadah that no one else knows. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appreciates it extremely but we know that from hadith it's a, it's a highly valued act of worship so i mean one thing that we see ramadan obviously the the essence of ramadan is that fasting and if we want to maintain ramadan then it's not going to be by listening to a bunch of talks about ramadan or going to some midnight at the golf program and thinking that all of a sudden all the memories of ramadan are going to come back it's going to be by actually getting in there and getting your hands dirty and getting our hands dirty by fasting on, with some sort of consistency at the least the 13th, 14th, and 15th of each month. Ideally, Mondays and Thursdays. So this is something that we should be particular about. 
very particular about. The people who are striving towards deen, this is something we should be very particular about. Beyond that, we look at the other effects. You know, once that begins to warm up and begins to create some, some steam, beyond that, we look at the other angles of Ramadan. I mean, you see in Ramadan, one of the other important things that we do is that our schedules completely change. We begin to, you know, we remove ourselves from the things that are mundane. We remove ourselves from the things that we recognize are less important. Just because of the mere schedule of fasting, and there's just no time to really waste on anything. So in the same way, we should begin to examine our lives. We should begin to remove the things that are mundane. We should begin to increase the acts of worship. We, we should be, become more consistent in the masjid. We should become more consistent with the Qur'an. We should be more consistent with uh, putting time into prayer. Waking up early. If a person has a habit in Ramadan, I mean, the one benefit of fasting outside of Ramadan is that the person wakes up for suhoor, and when they wake up for suhoor, they get the hajjid. Just that one benefit is so enormous. At least the person can say to themselves, I prayed the hajjid twice a week, because I had to wake up, because I had to, uh, I had to start my fast. So these are the, these are the things that we, we have to appreciate. What we have to do is we have to look at our own lives. We have to identify all the different acts that we performed in Ramadan. And then we have to say to ourselves, like we would to to anybody serious about anything else in life, that if I really want to maximize on the effects of Ramadan, to build on the effects of Ramadan, to carry the effects of Ramadan, to allow Ramadan to slowly create a change within me, then that occurs beyond that one month. It occurs in the 11 months after that month. Those are the people that are enjoying each Ramadan in a different way. You know, there's a subset of people. There's one person that sits at zero gets into Ramadan, goes up to 80%, and then Ramadan disappears, and they slowly come back to 0% or 1% or whatever it is. And then the next Ramadan comes, they again cut to 80%, and then they eventually get back down to zero. And then it's just up and down, constant oscillation between nothing and something and nothing and something and nothing and something, just letting the wind blow us in different directions. The wind blows here and the wind blows there, and we're going in whichever direction the wind blows. But the other person is building up to a certain level in Ramadan. And then after they build up in a certain level of Ramadan, obviously there's going to be a decrease because Ramadan is Ramadan and we can't recapitulate Ramadan outside of Ramadan. But they catch that decrease. They, they, they temper that decrease. And how do they temper it? They temper it by fasting on a Monday and fasting on a Thursday and fasting on another Monday and fasting on another Thursday so that they're able to maintain some sort of basic level. Maybe they come down to 20% or 25% of where they were. But then what happens is when the next Ramadan comes, it boosts them up another 20%, another 80%. And then they come down a little bit and then they get boosted and then they come down a little bit and that's what allows a person to be able to achieve a very high state in their deen. Consistency. We have to be consistent. We have to be consistent. We have to appreciate the power of fasting and we have to be consistent and we have to appreciate the different angles of the fast and we have to consistently apply those to our lives. There's no other way. I'm just saying point blank in anything you want to do in life, anything we want to do in life. You tell me you want to become an engineer, I will tell you the same story. You tell me you want to become an Olympic swimmer, I will tell you the same story. And you tell me you want to achieve something in deen, I will tell you the same story. It does not occur except through consistency. And in consistency in all acts, in all essential acts of deen, and one of the essential acts of deen is fasting.
And this is something that we should be particular about and we should make an effort towards. And it's through that that so many other good things will arise. Whether that be waking up early or just avoiding garbage on Mondays and Thursdays because of the fact that we're fasting so we're a little more careful about what we do. Whether that be appreciating the benefits that we've been given, whatever it might be. So many, so many benefits of fasting, which we could discuss at another time. But they have to, they are maintained by perpetuating that fast. And this is a very, very essential component of our deen. If you go through the sunnah, you go through hadith, so many discussions of this topic with consistency. This was not something that Sahaba did for one month and it disappeared. This was something that Sahaba enjoyed during that one month, but then perpetuated far beyond that month. Far beyond that month. So we ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq to be able to maintain fasting both inside and outside of Ramadan. And we allow that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be able to build on each Ramadan so that uh, the next Ramadan is always better than the last. Wa akhirat da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.